everyone, and welcome to the Downright Upright Show, the place to go to hear out loud and proud what Minnesotans are thinking. And I am your host, guess who? Philip Anthony. I am so happy that you joined us today, and I hope everyone, everyone, is doing fantabulous. And do you guys know what that is? Have you ever listened to the show before? I have. Well, fantabulous is fantastic and fabulous. Put together twice as nice. Saves time. There you go. There you go. Anyway, uh, before we begin, I want to just wish everyone out there a happy new year. Because this is the first show, by the way, for the new year, for the Downright Upright show. So you guys are, you know, the first guest. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And um, so uh, what are your... um, New Year's hopes and aspirations for the new year. Do you have anything you want to tell the audience um, that's on your agenda and what you hope for for the new year? Absolutely. And that is just to power up. Power up in 2024 for what's to come and um, use all my resources that I have Mm -hmm. to be able to do that and encourage those around me to do the same. Awesome. Alicia. Mine is to just spread the word of, you know, equity and inclusion and be able to take and include everybody in our community and be able to reach more um, people out there in the substance use disorder um, community as well as the LGBTQIA+. Yay! Anyway, <laughs> um... Before we start the show, I'm going to introduce you because I just, you know, I want it to be a little lighthearted, mm-hmm. keep the mis- mystery going. And now we're going to tell all you wonderful people who these two human beings who are amazing are. Um, my special guests today are Cynthia Mungia, which she told me before the show is a place in Spain. Is yep, that right? Mungia, Spain. Mungia, Spain. Where is that the north? North, of... mm-hmm, up in the north coast. Oh, mm-hmm, wow. Really close to uh, Bilbao. Bilbao. Oh, nice. I learned Spanish history, by the way, when I was in college. And Alicia Doty, is that, yes. did I pronounce that yes, correctly? Yes, did. Uh, who are members of Minnesota Recovery yes. Connection. Cynthia is the executive director, mm-hmm. and Alicia is a certified peer recovery specialist. That's correct. Did I get that all right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, um, my, guest, uh, my, my guests uh, do something, some serious, amazing work, so I'm not going to be as much as lighthearted as I normally am because this is a very serious issue mm-hmm. and they're going to discuss it mm-hmm. uh, uh, today on today's show and why it's important mm-hmm. that we talk about this. But before we start uh, getting into the weeds here about that, it's a custom on my show mm-hmm. to talk about the guest's beginnings, you mm-hmm. know, where you were born, went to school, where you were mm-hmm. raised, and any memories about that time. So we'll start with, uh, let's start with you, Cynthia. Oh, boy. And that is such uh, how much time do you have? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's keep oh, it short. Let's keep it as short as we <laughs> yeah, can. Absolutely. So I was born in Florida, um, and but I was raised in Texas, up in the Texas panhandle. I call it the little box. And from there, I um, my life just began to change. And I wound up, we wound up as a family in the Chesapeake Bay in Virginia. And oh, where that was a, that was beautiful, but it was a very it's a new world, very different world, and a diverse. Di- it was more diverse than what I had growing up. Oh, seriously? Seriously, um, because Bay. Florida. Excuse me, but Florida is. I was pe- born in Florida, but people, raised in Texas. Yes, but people think that Florida is so diverse, but not the North, not as much as the South. Now, right. Keep in mind, I'm coming in from the Texas Panhandle, so any any 
individual that does not, um, that was from a different country or even looked different than I did, for mm-hmm. me, that was diversity. Yeah. Because it was new. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. so then at that age, um, life happens and things occur. And I become a teenage runaway and wind up getting married at 14. 14? At 14, yep. Wow. And then I go back to Florida, and uh, well, where my husband was also born in Florida. Incidentally, we were born in the very same hospital. Uh, if that doesn't bring two people together, I don't know what will, but, the, but you know, that did. That's a quinky dink. It was, it was. Yeah. And so then I married until he passed away in, in 88. We married in 82. He passed away in 88. And that was the shift. That was the shift that turned, that was what turned my world just if it was already upside down, this one just kind of did a number. And I wound up in, after that, I wound up in the world of drugs and alcohol. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry mm-hmm. to hear that. Yeah. And, but it's, you know, it, it, that was part of the life. But now, you know, going, you know, coming in, going into that and coming out of that, um, you know, I'm a woman in long-term recovery now. I've been sober for 10 years. But in that space, there was a lot of there was a lot of changes. Um, I did wind up getting married in '97. To I'm currently married, going through this a uh, name change. I'm going back to my maiden name, but um, we're good friends, um, and we're now good friends. And but um, yeah, yeah. So it's just starting over. 2023 was a starting over for me after mm-hmm. 20, 26 years of marriage. And um, Well, that's why this show is so important. Yes. We're going to be talking about what you went through mm-hmm. and relating it to other people that are mm-hmm. going through the, the same, same thing, thing you did. Yeah. Um, Alicia, do you want to tell us about your early life as well? I was born in northern Minnesota. Um, what part? Uh, Minoman. It's a white earth reservation. Oh. So I was uh, one of the only white women on a Native American reservation. So I learned different customs and different traditions that they had. And that was kind of my first initial growing up of what diversity looked like to me. Um, And so I was open to new uh, adventures and new traditions that they had. Um, And so meeting now with the Native American community now is feels like home to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where my grassroots work came from. Um, and then I ended up marrying a Hispanic gentleman. Uh, so that was another diverse relationship that I had. So it was kind of just throughout my life, just learning about different cultures and different things like that. Um, right. I have mixed children of Hispanic, uh, German, and Irish. So it's kind of a broad, <laughs> broad range of things, but um, I am very blessed to be. A, I am two and a half years in recovery, and congratulations! Thank you. Um, and so I'm proud of you. That's amazing. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to do it without my recovery community and without the supports of uh, positive influence people that were also in recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up with a family that. Um, didn't believe in substance use disorder or mental health. So it took me several years to be able to take and get the right supports that I needed to be able to be successful. Yeah, yeah. I wish my, if if you've heard my show, I talk about my abuse. Um, When I was younger, I had a stepfather that was an alcoholic, addicted to alcohol, Mm -hmm. and was abusive to me and my mom. 
And if we had an organization like yours back then to help him, maybe he, he would have been through a recovery and he would have gotten the help he needed. But um, unfortunately, it, it didn't work out that way. But um, anyway, um, so uh, going back to you, Cynthia, um, what is the mission and the vision of MRC? Because um, I think that's so important to talk about um, and tell the listeners what the actually, and also what the target is for mm -hmm. your organization. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I, because I am honest in the space that I don't have it memorized. I've started my position as an executive director with MRC in June of 2023. So it's been, I'm a, a newbie, right? I'm less than a year. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank it's you. It's a wonderful organization. It is. It's it amazing is. what the work that you're mm -hmm. doing to help people. I mean, that's what this show is about. Mm -hmm. My show is about helping everyone. I am. A, I love people. Mm -hmm. I'm a, a humanist. I am a uh, empath. And um, you guys are doing doing the God's work. Yeah. I, I have to say, but you, yeah, yeah, I use I use a script too. <laughs> so so I you have my cheat. script, folks. It's okay. I, it's okay. We're all allowed to <laughs> cheat a little bit here. <laughs> so. So uh, we work to so to really to ensure that all who have or who are seeking access to supports, to care, to resources that they need, um, that we're there for them, so that they can achieve their long-term recovery from substance use disorder. We envision a recovery-oriented society, a society where everyone understands that substance use disorder is a medical condition and people do recover, a society where choosing recovery means rejecting shame, stigma, and discrimination. Absolutely. A society where people recover and live their life fully. Mm -hmm. That is our that is our vision. That is our mission. That's all of it combined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have to look at this as a as a, we would address any uh, illness, mm -hmm. such as cancer. I mean, because you know it's an illness. I mean, these people are uh, uh, were addicted, and they're looking for they're seeking help, and that's a first step. You know, I mean, yeah. that's a big step to just even go and say, please help me. Mm -hmm. So. Um, and, and there is help out there Absolutely. for everyone that needs it. Mm -hmm. And this and, and you guys are amazing. HRC, uh, MRC, excuse me, um, is is an incredible organization mm. in that respect. Yeah. Uh, so um, going to you now, Alicia. Um, yeah. Uh, how is the uh, MRC able to fill in the gaps in systems of care? Um, so we we're not clinical, but we walk alongside people. I have lived experience with substance use disorder, um, mental health. And so I'm not clinical. I'm not above you. I'm not below you. I walk alongside you. Beautiful. Um, so whatever that looks like, uh, we have different people in our organization that come from all walks of life. Um, so it's just meeting up with that right person. Um, and we, when we do our intakes, we do, we try to fit you with the best person that would be best beneficial for you mm -hmm. to walk alongside you. That's kind of have some similar steps. As we know, nobody's journey is the same, but we try to help provide a roadmap of what has looked good for us or what has looked good for others to be able to take and connect on the same page mm -hmm. um, and just give suggestions on what recovery might look like, but taking into consideration what they want for uh, their recovery as we honor all pathways, mm -hmm. um, whether that's harm reduction, whether that's uh, medical marijuana, um, uh, 
Uh, Matt. Matt, yes, MAT, uh, medical assisted treatment. Thank you, Cynthia. Mm -hmm. um, different pathways that, I mean, whether that's taking your prescription medication from your psychiatrist on a daily basis, that's harm reduction. Um, so harm reduction is just basically um, different pathways that we honor to be able to all come together and figure out what everyone's journey looks like all together. Yeah. Did you want to add anything to that? And, under, and really understanding that we're, we're there to meet them where they are. And where I am is very different from where you are, from where Alicia's at mm -hmm. in our pathway to recovery. And one of the things that I did share um, last week with an individual that I was speaking to is really being willing to listen, but listen. Mm -hmm. Not listening with already constructing a plan for the person while they're talking, but stopping, being present, and listening. And then asking those questions like, okay, how do we do this together? Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Um, you guys are amazing. You really are. Um, one of you has got to tackle this next question. Um, I'm going to throw the ball out there. Whoever catches it, you know, <laughs> you, you go right ahead, okay? Um, so who do you connect people to who are struggling with addiction, for, you know, for help in their recovery journey? So are they provided with a mentor and or other means to assist them in their goals? You know, anybody want to pick mm -hmm. that one up? And we'll tag team on that one. Yeah, so it starts out with just, like I said, doing an intake, um, fitting you with the right person, and that person can help you find resources for whatever your pathway looks like. Um, and so that would be, you know, we're peer recovery specialists, we're coaches, um, kind of like a mentor. Um, so we take and we go to meetings with people, um, support them in whatever they need support in, help them find resources. If we're not a right fit for them, we find other people in other community organizations that would be a better fit. Like we uh, partner with Clues, we partner with the LGBTQ community, um, and Pride Institute, um, and so we just help people fit where they are best welcome. I mean, they're welcome all over, but where they would feel comfortable yeah, the sure. most. Um, so it's just finding the right fit, like I said before, um, but f really focusing on what individual wants um, and their individual needs, like Cynthia said. Um, it's person-centered, um, so it's whatever that person is looking for. Um, yeah. Oh, awesome. And that's boots on the ground. Now, at the executive level, it's partnering with the healthcare organizations, with treatment facilities, with organizations that have different types of supports and services. It's understanding who's doing what in the community. And it's collaborating with those individuals, those organizations at a higher level to be able to create partnerships and to, so that we can be able to work together in a referral basis. Because we will do the intake, you know, we will do all of that information. That's boots on the ground, hands-on work. But we also need to be aware of who's doing what in the community so that we can help and guide or walk alongside this individual to the right organization that has those resources that best fit our participant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, personally, I believe that addiction and mental health should be treated the same as all medical mm -hmm. issues. See, that's my thing, that because it's correct. stigmatized, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Um, you know, that's why people, maybe they're afraid to seek help because they right. think, I don't want anybody to know this kind mm -hmm. of thing. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, so how can we uh, remove the stigma from addiction and have people more, uh, like, feel like it's an open door and I'm able to, do, to, to seek help? Accept the reality of it. Accept the truth in it. I'm going to use an exa a personal example. When, in, you know, as I'm not only a woman in long-term recovery, but I also have multiple diagnoses on my patient chart. That includes mental health disorder, right? Uh, you know, generalizing anxiety, depressive disorder, all of this, all of those good things that came from my life, right? Mm -hmm. Or that were a result of what I've been through. Yeah, yeah. But when I was going through my, I believe it was my, not my bachelor's, but my master's program, I had to go to the university and I had to say, I'm, I'm really having a hard time. I am having a really an emotional and a mental break here mm -hmm. and I need to do something and I don't want to drop I don't want to lose right they adjusted they accommodated me based on gnosis and based on what I was going through my professors accommodated me they worked with me and I don't think I would have been successful in that space or even gotten my master's had I not had the support from an organization that believed that their students were important enough to take care of their mental health. Mm -hmm. That was my personal experience. Mm -hmm. And so when organizations, employers, companies, um, even the healthcare industry, they're willing to listen to their employees and say, because we're all working, right? The majority of us are working. If they're willing to open up and listen to their, their employees, their individuals, to hear them say, I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. How can we support you? What yeah. do we have in place to help you and um, oftentimes we're not willing to share that because of shame mm -hmm. because we're afraid what will they say what will they think what will happen how will I lose mm -hmm. how will I lose I don't want to lose and so therefore I won't speak up because mm -hmm. I might lose yeah because there's a, there's a chance that they're thinking in their head there's a chance that I won't I won't accomplish this mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. see I, I I'm gonna say something I've never said before on the show um, and nobody knows this because I, again, you, you're saying that the first step is to come out. Um, I was an only child. Mm -hmm. And when my mother died in 99, it was the most traumatic thing for me. Mm -hmm. It was very traumatic. And I went into a spiral and I, um, I drank, I took pills. I did a lot of things that I shouldn't have done and it got out of it, um, because of a friend who ended up uh, dying thereafter of AIDS, because it was a that was still there was still not a cure in that around that time, and uh, got me he said you need to get out of this situation, Philip. You need to move, get out. You're 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 immersing yourself in this. You need to do something, and I got a job that took me out of the out of New York, out of that house. Eventually met my husband, met wonderful friends, and I, it was a, a, amazing that I, because again, it's that first step. You know, I could have wallowed in my, you know, in my, mm -hmm. in my pain and did nothing. Mm -hmm. And um, thank you, for, whoever up there is, gave me the inspiration to do what I did. Mm -hmm. And uh, everyone out there, there's, there's, there's definitely help. 
Yes. You could do it. And, you know, you just bring yourself there. Yeah. You know, and thank you for that, giving, giving me the courage to even talk about this because it, it's very hard for me to even talk about because yeah. my mom and I were best friends. Mm-hmm. So uh, did you want to piggyback on that, Alicia? Yeah. So I just want to um, talk about, you know, advocating. We advocate for people all the time at MRC. Um and advocating for what's right with them. But one of our program directors just always asks, no matter who it is, the training she does, what's right with you today? Mm. So it's not always looking at the negative things, um, but always bringing out that positive no matter where you're at Mm -hmm. and doing a lot of self-care. Self-care, self-care, self-care. Advocating for what's right with people today. you know, because there are those stigmas, there are those labels. And put all that aside, it's what's right with you today. Mm-hmm. Um, and going above and beyond um, those labels. Yeah, yeah. Take the first step, man. That's it. You know, because I wouldn't be standing here right now or sitting here yeah. right now. I'd be in New York in some place uh, yeah. that's dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I just, you know... My friend that passed away was my inspiration. Um, maybe, um, you know, uh, MRC could be your inspiration, help you out. Because mm-hmm. um, we, we're all here to help each other. We're a community, you know. And yeah, absolutely. It's a beautiful thing that you guys, what you're doing. And I, mm-hmm. I know I said it before, and I'm going to keep saying it, because yeah. uh, we need, we, we should, you know, thank you for spending your time uh, doing this for other people to help other people. It's, a, it's an amazing, amazing thing. So um, to move right along about this, um, what ha- now, what happens when someone um, refers someone to MRC, but that person, the addict, is not willing to, part- to be a participant? Is there any way you can work that out where you can get that person, maybe go to that person or that the person that's calling you, help! please help me. My sister is blah, 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 or my cousin or my mother or my brother or whoever mm-hmm. it may be is going through these issues. And um, can you help us? What would you do in that case yeah. if the person's not a willing pr- yeah. participant? Well, there, first of all, there has to be some willingness. There, there has to be. We, we can't impose our beliefs or our programs, our recovery efforts or our training the education that we have, we cannot impose that on anyone. Sure. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll provide the information. We'll open the door. We'll leave the door open. We'll, you know, we'll suggest, you know, maybe you're not ready to start one-on-one peer recovery services, which is one of our three pillars. And Alicia mentioned that briefly. We MRC is composed of three pillars. Plus a fourth, plus a fourth one. You know, every house has to have a solid foundation with four cornerstones, right? And ours is peer-to-peer services, education, and advocacy. And then our fourth pillar is all the outreach that we do and the community engagement that we do, right? Mm-hmm. So in providing peer-to-peer services, if they're not willing to take that and they're, and they're not ready for it, because we may not be ready for it, and or ready for the education that comes with it, ready for the advocacy work that we do in that space, then we put it on the table. This is what we have to offer. The door is open. And the person may not be ready for that, but we'll also provide an option for telephone recovery services, which is another thing that we do. How about we call you once a week and just check up on you? Mm -hmm. 
no expectations. It's free. We don't have to talk. We just, you know, what if we can just call you just to see, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, or the person that's calling for the other person can put you on the phone to mm -hmm. talk to that person, mm -hmm. even though they may not. They say, no, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. I don't have mm -hmm. a problem. And then put you on and give you, you know, make them relate to you. Mm -hmm. And maybe they'll open up. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's really planting that seed. You know, if somebody is not hearing you right away, but they are listening. Um, and I believe those are two different things, whether you hear somebody and actually listen to somebody. Um, True. It's, yeah. it's planting that seed in their mind of, you know, hey, when I am ready, it's not forced. It's not, there's no judgment, um, but it's having that seed planted that for when they are ready, they know that there is support out there. Um, and like Cynthia said, you know, just, or you said, just relating on that um, level of, you know, asking them what how their day is going, you know, if there's anything they can we can do to better support them. Not not necessarily recovery related, um, but that phone call once a week to check in to see how people are doing. And it's not having to have that participant pick up the phone. We call them because mm -hmm. we all know picking up that phone can be heavy, real heavy to ask for help. So if they just sign up, we call them once a week. They don't want to talk. They don't have to talk. They don't have to pick up. But they know that that call is coming in every week and it can help people um, from that suffer from being lonely, not just necessarily substance use disorder, but mental health issues, things like that. And because that could lead to mm -hmm. uh, substance abuse. Like what I'm telling you what happened to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was never, you know, a, a, yeah. a substance abuser. Yeah. But it takes one little thing in your life to 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 like you like what happened to you, you know, and mm -hmm. and also what happened to you to trigger that. And um and if in my case I, I had a person that stepped in, it wasn't an organization. But in other people's cases that are listening out there, if you feel that you are one of those people, you know, uh, MRC is here for you. Absolutely. And we are truly, um, Philip, you, you said something so powerful, um, and it is true. We are one heartbreak away from our drink, our next drink. We are one heartbreak away Oh yeah. from that next use. Mm -hmm. what, because when, you know, in my, you know, in my particular case, again, uh, thinking, you know, my mom's gone now. I don't have her anymore. What am I going to do? I don't have a life. Mm -hmm. I'm not worth anything. I'm worthless. What's mm -hmm. what am I gonna do? She was my anchor, you know, and now uh, I, I, I was just like, okay, just wallow in my sorrows, drink and take pills and do all this stuff, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, it, it was tough until a friend of mine. It was almost like a guardian angel. He came onto the earth in my life. I, I knew him may, maybe not even a year. Came into my life and then he passed away. It was almost like came in, helped me, and left. That's how I look at it. Um, and, yeah. And and you guys can do that for someone. Have you ever had anybody call you, say, my brother or my cousin or whatever, my, my you know, child is going through a, 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 you know, addiction issues. And, you, and they put that person on the phone to talk to you and you got them to move away from, no, I'm not going to do this. And then, yes. I'm going to come in and get, and get the help I need. Did that ever happen? Or do you know of yeah, we, an we, issue like that? I have. I've gotten individuals that have really confided in me. My son is going through this and with a lot of pain. And 
um, and even though um, I never had a chance to talk to her son, the information that I was able to give to her, those were tools for her to be able to use to help Oh, him. wow. See, that's powerful. That you can give the parent or the cousin or the friend or whoever the tools to uh, to achieve a recovery for that. That's amazing. Yeah. Great. That's what we do. Oh, God, you guys are amazing. I... Uh, this is what this is one show I'm never gonna forget. Really, thank you, man. Ugh. Anyway, um, the correctional facility recovery mm -hmm. coaching program. Um, uh, I read about that on your website. Yeah. I found that amazing. Can who wants to pick that ball up? That's my That's area, right, right here. All right. That's the shining star. Okay. <laughs> Can you explain it to the audience? So I go into the different prisons, the different county jails. You do? Yes. And we teach recovery coaching training to them. Um, wow. And that's to become a peer recovery specialist like I am in the prisons to be able to take and spread the word of help and advocacy and support in the prisons. So we train people in the prisons to be able to take and do that work that we're doing out here in our community, in their community. Um, oh so they can goodness. spread the good word there um, and help people. Because there's people that are, you know, incarcerated for lifetime. Right. You know, and if and they... they're still human beings and they, they, and they still need Absolute, help. Absolutely. For yes. God's sakes. And we can't fool ourselves to think that drugs do not enter the prison system. No. Hello. Yeah. So we do oh that. Goodness. And then we have also um, in the county jails, I go in on uh, one Ramsey County is a weekly basis. Anoka County is once a month. Uh, we're working at Dakota County and going into Hennepin County as well. Um, but I bring in different substance use related topics to help people become successful for when they out. So we use that headspace to where they're at in the county jail to be able to take and work on anger management, um, codependency, um, mental health issues, depression, anxiety, uh, building a release plan of mm -hmm. what supports are going to look like for you for when you get out, whether that's short-term or long-term, having that plan in place for when you get out to be able to have somebody to call. And it's tangible. It's on paper, mm -hmm. you know, so you can bring that with you. That's something that nobody can take from you. Yeah. And, and, and what you said just now is so true. A mental health and addiction are like this. They're like a chain. Mm -hmm. You got to break that chain. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. See, that's... That's the mm -hmm. issue here. People think that it has nothing to do with it. You just get addicted to drugs. No, but there's something that got you there. Something triggered you. Absolutely. Trauma oftentimes trauma. is the trigger for many. The loss of a parent, like in my case, yeah. or the uh, loss of a, a anybody, husband. a yeah. person. Like, yeah. At a very young age, at 19. Now what do you do with two girls and in six months pregnant? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had the same journey, you and I, kind of. Um I um, I owe it to that fir that friend of mine mm -hmm. who um, came and went and uh, God bless him we're, uh, up there and I always think about him that if if I didn't meet him and the he wasn't, didn't enter my life I don't know where what would have happened and same for you that yeah. you you d did you have a specific person or did you go somewhere to seek help or uh, uh, what was your recovery avenue um, attempted suicide oh boy. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, 2011. I, I was already married. 
and I w- and I married a wonderful man. Don't get me wrong. Right. In '97, I met, and I '96, uh, I met, and then '97, I married a wonderful man, a man who didn't suffer from a substance use disorder, didn't have uh, mental health disorders, stable, hardworking right. provider. You name. He, you know, I thought I won the lottery, right? Um, but even then, having such a wonderful person in my life, that wasn't enough to treat Cynthia. Mm-hmm. to what she was going through. So in 2011, when I attempted suicide, and, and I thank God, I'm here, I'm here. And oh boy. and all of that helps, and all my experiences help and where I'm going. Um, but that was, the, for me, that was the crux. That was just like, okay, dear God, um, if I don't want to be here anymore, but if I have to be here, then, then please d- do something. Save me, do something, heal me, do something. Don't, but don't just stop at that. Use me. Make me something value, productive. I want to have purpose in life. Mm-hmm. And that began the journey. I started getting counseling. I started getting, I, I, went, to, I went to therapy. Hello, therapy. So the counseling was a huge, was a huge factor huge in your recovery. Factor. Uh, yeah. I went to my doctor, got on meds. I needed the meds. I mm-hmm. needed to stabilize. And I stopped drinking. Hmm. I stopped drinking because I knew that I couldn't drink with meds. That was very clear. Well, I was doing right, that. Right off the cuff. And I was afraid I was afraid of what could happen more. I was afraid of what else could happen. Yeah, yeah. And so that was the big, that was my recovery journey and I and incidentally I didn't learn about recovery pathways or that I was even a woman in long-term recovery until I took the training from our dear caddy that provided the training our director of programs and that's when I learned uh, that's when I heard what's right with you. Mm-hmm. And that's when I learned that I'm a woman in long-term recovery, and that oh, was in 2019. Thank God. thank God, thank God, you were a beautiful human being, really. Thank you. Thank God you you got the help, and you're sitting here with me right now. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Oh boy, this show is very deep. I I knew it would be. Yeah. And uh, anyway, let's 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 get to a little bit more positive stuff. Yes. What are some ways our audience can volunteer? Oh my goodness. And what are some volunteer opportunities? Let's, let's do this like as quickly as we can. Yep. I have so many things I want to cover yep. here today. So, we only have fifteen minutes. So quickly, um, if they want, if anybody can volunteer, everybody can volunteer. We have so many different areas where volunteer services are needed, um, it, from sitting on our front desk taking calls, receiving um, individuals coming into our office, um, cleaning our space. But getting more in more into the green into that is um, really um, even doing tours. I think they do tours as well. The volunteers mm-hmm. do tours. Our Walk for Recovery, September's Recovery Month. There's a lot of work that goes into that. There's a lot of work in, in prepping for that and, and hands-on in that space. And that is the Celebration Month. Of, of recovery, right? Uh, and you walk for recovery. Make you donate as well, right? Donating is because huge. Because you're a non, non-profit. Your, yep, put your money where your mouth is. If mm-hmm. you say you support recovery, then support it with your checkbook. At, at the end of the show, you're going to give them the, the information yes. where they can go to donate, mm-hmm. volunteer, do mm-hmm. all that wonderful stuff for you guys. Yes. Uh, before we get to the lightning round of current events which I hate. Anyway, no, <laughs> the, the terrible things that are happening in this country. As a gay man, I'm very concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is probably Alicia's question about members of the LGBT community that are being rejected by their friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, many members of our community do not have support systems in which to turn to uh, as, uh, and may result in the person experimenting with drugs. Mm-hmm. Does MRC have a special services 
have special services that deal specifically with assisting members of the LGBTQ community. Absolutely. Um, that is one of our shining stars that we have. Um, we have all recovery meetings, which is not AA, it's not NA, it's all recovery for the LGBTQ on Mondays and Wednesdays at five o'clock. Um, and you can either be an ally or you can be part of the community yourself. Um, They're all allies out there. Yes, yes. <laughs> watch my show? Okay. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Um, and so we have that. Um, and that is, like I said, Mondays and Wednesdays um, at 5 o'clock. I run that. Um, so I will be the team lead on that one. And then it's just checking in to see how people's weeks are going, uh, if they want feedback, if there's any you know, positives or cons or things like that that have been going on in their life. Um, we do outreaches at different um, institutes of like Pride, Claire Housing, the Aliveness Project, um, to be able to reach people in the LGBTQ community that way, um, to spread the word, to let them know that we're all here with welcoming open arms. Yeah, yeah. Because the big issue in my community is, um, I don't know how I even got through what I got through, because I came out in the 70s. Uh, when it was really not acceptable to be gay. Um, and um, our issues are very, very different. Mm -hmm. We don't love ourselves because of the, the world saying, you're, you're a deviant, you're this, that, and the other thing. And, mm -hmm. and that can spiral you down a, a rabbit hole into drugs, alcohol, uh, self-abuse, right. basically. So thank you for what you do, Alicia. That's amazing. And the LGBT community thanks you. Mm -hmm. Personally, I'm thanking you for what I you do. I just wanted to mention, too, we offer in our uh, Recovery Coach Academy, we talk specifically on the topic of LGBTQ and how that, you know, how we can change and decrease that stigmatization and things like that um, in every class that we teach. Thank you so much. So now we've come to the part of the show I like to call the shift, where we shift okay. the questioning away from your personal journeys mm -hmm. and to your opinions on current events. Okay. And don't forget to say the F in shift, otherwise we have problems with the uh, with the sponsors. You know, shift, <laughs> shift. Yeah. You get it? You get, I get it? it. Now? Okay. I get it. All right. So as you know, the three-year anniversary of the January sixth insurrection has just passed. And when you reflect on that day and look to the future of uh, the 2024 election, what are your thoughts about that? Would, in other words, looking ahead, uh, anybody want to pick that ball up? It's a lightning round, so you could just give mm -hmm. a quick uh, yeah. thought. How is MRC going to stand in support? And what are we going to do as an organization to um, also raise awareness of you know, what's coming down the pike? Fortunately, we have a wonderful organization that was developed out of the need for RCOs like MRC to have support, you know, in the legislative area and in, in these areas that create policies and change, right? And so MARCO, the Minnesota Association for Recovery Community Organizations, they were developed last year. And with their executive, found, uh, executive director, Wendy Jones, who used to be a former director of or executive director of MRC, she's leading the helm. And so when we look at MARCO, as our, our our umbrella and our leader in that space and we take we really do take direction from Marco in how do we as an organization raise awareness how do we what's our voice you know because we want to stand in solidarity mm -hmm. 
and we want to have the same messaging. Yeah. Because there's power in numbers. Yeah. But we don't want another uh, January 6th. No, we don't. We don't. And so what do we have to do to prevent that or to um, – what can we do as a community, as an individual, as an organization? What can we do yeah. to be educated, to be well-informed, and to be able to give a sound, sound information? Yeah, because the election's coming up again, and we don't want that to mm-hmm. be a – happening again in this country. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it won't. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, another thing that's happening in the news right now is Kim Davis is back in the Remember her? She's the former Kentucky county clerk who refused to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples. Mm-hmm. Even though she was a civil servant and duty-bound to abide by the law and serve all people. In the days before Kim Davis refused to issue the licenses, same-sex marriages became legal in 50 states. A federal judge ruled Davis must pay over $260,000 in legal fees and expenses to plaintiffs David Ermold and David Moore. They're both Davids. Um, the two plaintiffs were, uh, were already rewarded $100,000 in the original discrimination case, and subsequently Davis spent five days in jail. So what's your opinion about that, that she's, now she's still going to have to be paying more money for what she did to those two people? That's that's disgusting to me. That they all they wanted to do is get married. If you didn't want to marry them, maybe you maybe you could have passed it along to another uh, county clerk that would have done it. Yep. Right. As a public servant, and I am a public servant because I'm a public administrator. So I am a public servant. I have to be aware, and I speak for myself. I have to be aware of what I'm getting myself into, and if that is a space or a capacity that can I cannot fulfill then I have to humbly say, this is something I can't do. However, we always talk about doing a soft handoff. However, there you go. here's a colleague that can do what you're seeking. Yes. That's what I, I, I couldn't understand why she, uh, she made a federal case. Well, literally a federal case out of it. Anyway, um, Thank you for that. Uh, uh, Not only are House Republicans seeking to impeach President Biden, but also Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas, like my pronunciation, Mm -hmm. alleging, quote, egregious misconduct and refusal to enforce the law in relation to immigration policy and the southern border. House Republicans refused to pass aid for Ukraine, stating that the first issue of this is the southern border, and that has to be addressed first. What are your thoughts about this? Anybody want to pick that one up? Because remember, people are coming here because they are dying or they are starving or they uh, their lives are in g- danger in their home countries. Why are we demonizing them? Right. Human dignity. How are we protecting human dignity? And if we're not doing that as a nation, mm-hmm. then we're not doing our job. Mm-hmm. Regardless of where you're seeking the funding from or mm-hmm. where you're going to pull the funding from, Mm-hmm. Human dignity and caring for the human being is utmost importance. Yeah. Um, whatever the position of the leader in our nation, whatever the position of the leader in any organization, yeah. it can't be about us. It can't be about the leader or, or the leader's opinions. Mm-hmm. It has to be about what's the greatest service for that individual that's dying mm-hmm. of hunger, mm-hmm. of lack of care. Mm-hmm. Um, that's being abandoned or rejected uh, because you don't fit the model and you're not welcomed, mm-hmm. there's something wrong, inherently yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. To pick to pick your whole life up with just the clothes on your back 
mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's all you have. And you're leaving and walking miles and miles through 10 countries to get to the, the border. It, it, it must motivate you. Uh, it pulls at my heartstrings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, um, and as, as, a, as a country that's supposed to be, quote, unquote, a Christian nation. Yeah. Even though we're not, I know we're yeah. not, but uh, we're a nation of many religions. Mm-hmm. But they say that. Yeah. Uh, how you could act that way is amazing to me. Yeah. But um, so the twice impeached, ninety-one times indicted ex-president warned. You like you like that? How are you? I don't say I don't like to say his name too much. Um, uh, warned of quote big trouble if the Supreme Court doesn't rule in his favor regarding eligibility to be on the Chicago, uh, the Colorado, excuse me, presidential ballot in 2024. Anybody? He said big trouble. Now, remember, I was just talking to you about that before the, in the prior uh, two questions ago about nine, um, January 6th. Mm-hmm. Yep. If he keeps pushing this violence yep. stuff, yep. it can ha- he can talk it into being. Into being, absolutely. Yeah. What, how is that any different from a terroristic threat? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And it maybe you should let the, the judges decide and shut your mouth, mm-hmm. you know, because there are people that are going to say, oh, if he doesn't uh, get on the ballot or something, we're going to do X, Y, Z. It's going to be on him again. Yeah. Yep. Violence. Yeah. Right? That um, that is a very powerful. Yeah. Um, that is a very powerful statement to make in this nation from a leader, from an, a former leader of our nation. Who's running for president to again? To threaten our nation, yeah. If it doesn't go his direction, yes. You know what do we do with our our community members who threaten our community if they they don't get their way? Mm-hmm. What's he, but he says here. It, I, I'm quoting this from a newspaper. Mm-hmm. He quoted and said, "Big, there's going to be big trouble." That's what he said. Now, what is what big is, trouble? Define his big trouble. It yeah, could mean yeah, anything. It could mean yes. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Alicia, yes. big trouble doesn't sound good to me. Yeah. And as a leader, you should be using threatening words, threatening words. Um, well, uh, we have three minutes. Uh, we have come to the end of the show. And I want to thank you both for being here, Cynthia and Alicia, for sharing your time today. But I want you guys to end the show so they can contact you, especially being that this show is, again, geared yeah. a lot towards, again, it's a progressive radio show, yeah. but we talk about LGBT issues, mm-hmm. and that's Alicia's bailiwick. Yes. And mm-hmm. Alicia's going to uh, maybe have, you have your own contact information. So we'll go to both of you, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the audience can okay. get get your pens ready. Yes, absolutely. And write it down, yes. yeah, and we'll start with you, Cynthia. Yep. So clearly, quick 30 seconds here. We would really love to invite you to come see the work that we do, not just hear about it, but see the work that we do. We're located at 800 Transfer Road, Suite 31, and our website is minnesotarecovery.org. We're open Monday through Friday from 9 to 6 p.m., and we could schedule a tour of the place so that you could see the work, you could meet the individuals that run the show behind the scenes. And, uh, yeah, you know, that's what we do, and that's where we're at. And uh, we we're, we have open doors. Mm-hmm. So come on in. Yeah. Alicia. So um, on our website at the minnesotarecovery.org, Minnesota is spelt out, mm-hmm. Um you can go to events page, and that's where you can find all our LGBTQ meetings, our all recovery meetings that we have. Um, other than our LGBTQ, we have just regular 
all recovery mm-hmm. meetings um, tailored towards other communities. Um, my favorite is the LGBTQ, though. Sorry, I just had to throw that out there. <laughs> You're only saying that because you love me, Alicia. Yes. You just love me. That's what it is. Um, just kidding, people. So <laughs> that is that. Um, and so our phone number is 612-584-4158, and my extension is 318. One more time. 612-584-4158, and my extension is 318. Okay. Wow. Um, I, you know, this show is so important to, for me. Very, um, uh, it's something that um, anybody out there that you could be right now in a great place, mm-hmm. okay, great space in your life, but things can change and these people are here to help. Um, please think about coming back and, and talking with me again. Absolutely. And we can, because I can go on and on with you, but we don't have time. Anyway, and I would like to thank, again, both of my guests for coming on on, on the Downright Upright show. And uh, to our audience, thank you for spending time with us today. And please look for more of the Downright Upright show in the future. AM950radio.com slash event slash Philip1L. And of course, thank you for supporting us with your clicks, your subs. I love you. Bye. Wave. <laughs> <laughs>